0: What do you think of my husky voice?
1: It's very alluring.
0: Yeah, unfortunately I already used the late night love joke last time. We need other things for when I'm sick.
1: It's whether you have the will to do like a Terminator style action movie trailer. You have to be sick with some gusto. Well, like, I'll be back. Yeah.
0: Get in the chopper! (laughs) Get to the chopper! (laughs) You found that far funnier than you should have done. It was hilarious. I just couldn't take you
1: seriously for a good five minutes. So, how ill are you? How much sympathy do you
0: need? I've been ill for a week now. I had some friends visiting from the UK, and I'm not sure if I caught it from them, or if I just caught it at the office the day they left. But I have been sick for a week now. I don't know, it, it comes and goes. When I wake up in the morning, I like blow my nose, and literally like very significant amounts of like horrible... It's not even like mucusy, it's actually kind of like chunks. If you were to fashion it into a solid object, I would say it's the size of like a double A battery, that like comes out of each nostril. Like it's it's a really significant amount. I'm Daily. I'm, I'm surprised every morning this happens. I'm like, how is this fitting in my nose? I don't understand how this is possible. Have you seen the doctor? I have not seen the doctor. Everyone asks that. They're like, have you gone to a doctor? I'm like, it's a cold. What are they gonna give me?
1: You've just mentioned two double A batteries. <laughs>
0: They're still not going to do anything for me. Ease the suffering. You don't believe in the good work that doctors do for us. I don't believe in going to the doctor pointlessly, and I think if you've got a cold, there's not really anything they can give you. Like, if I had a sore throat, I suppose they could give me something to soothe the sore throat. Or, I don't know, if I had something more serious, they could give me something for that. But when you've just got a cold, I mean, what are they going to give you?
1: After all that, I absolutely agree with you.
0: Yeah, I I suppose the most they could give me would be, like, a decongestion or something, but because I already have Nurofen cold and flu from the UK... Still? Still, I'm kind of worried I'm going to run out and that'll be trouble. (laughs) Before you return. Before my triumphant return to stock up. That's why I'm really coming back at Christmas. My family's like, oh, it's so good to see you, it's nice that you come back. It's like, yeah, I'm out of Nurofen cold and flu. I kid. Of course that's not why I'm coming back. What else has happened in the last two weeks? You... ...are getting an iPhone X. Sorry, an iPhone ten. iPhone ten, yeah. You know what annoys me every time I pander to their marketing? An iPhone X. But that's not important, that's not interesting. Are you getting an iPhone X? I did try and pre-order one, because I was just sitting at my desk... ...and I was like, hang on a minute, don't the pre-order's open today? In like five minutes? And so... Since I had just remembered and it was the right time, I thought I would just try and buy one because I figured, oh, well, I can always sell it if I don't want to use it. Although, let's be honest, I'm probably too lazy to actually sell it. I would just use it. So I did try and put in an order and I did manage to get one, I thought, in my shopping cart was a 256 gig iPhone X Space Gray. I was like, oh, once it's in your shopping cart, you're all good, right? So I just like going, la, 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 and I was typing in my address details really slowly and stuff, because I was doing it on my phone. Clicked the buy it now button after putting in my credit card details, and it was like, oh no, sorry, they're all sold out. And I was like, what? It was in my shopping cart, and it said expected delivery early November. What is this? Early
1: November? That means you would have got in there quite I got early. in there
0: really early, yeah. I was just like futzing around with the address. I was like, la, 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 it doesn't matter. Yeah, so... I didn't get one after all. I mean, it's probably for the best because I did actually spend a £1,000 buying an iPad Pro. Our show notes are now on this funky new iPad Pro with a 120 hertz screen that I also used for watching YouTube videos. And that's it.
1: (laughs) It does sound a lot better than before.
0: Yeah, it's got stereo speakers and stuff.
1: So when are you getting the iPhone X? (laughs) (laughs) When are you getting that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, next year. No, I don't know. We'll see. I'll try it out in the shop.
1: Your willpower's quite low. I'm sure someone will offer a resale to you.
0: My willpower is really low. Everything's gone horribly wrong. This year is just during this slow downward spiral. I think I already had this problem where if you ask me twice, I'll just agree the second time because I've just got low willpower. And now it's like collapsing even further to just, if you ask me to do something, I'll be like, yeah, fine, whatever. It's a shame we don't have more listeners because you're so susceptible right now. <laughs> I'm really susceptible. <laughs> well, we did get asked, it's like, oh, can you play this game <laughs> for the Xbox Club game? Okay, yeah, that seems fine. Oh, no, 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 you know what? We should put out the call. We should put out the call now. Suggestions. Suggestions for mysterious beverage to drink at the end of your wrap-up episode. Get your suggestions in by early December. Otherwise, we'll just make something up. No full loco no during coffee, you know, because no repeats.
1: Nothing illegal.
0: Nothing illegal. Nothing too alcoholic for Ting, because otherwise he might die. I was really worried about you last time, man. I was really, <laughs> really? surprised, because I'm really lightweight, but you looked really unwell. I thought I couldn't drink, and then I saw what happened to you, and I was actually quite concerned. It's like, you've drunk half a cup of Four loco and your face has turned the colour of a tomato. You were swaying. Really? You were swaying, yeah. It was It was quite concerning.
1: Fine. What Mike said. Finally.
0: Stranger Things. Season 2. Have you watched it? uh episode three now okay well no spoilers no spoilers okay. i've I've actually seen the whole thing but just no spoilers anyway
1: as good as the first
0: one i really
1: liked it i thought it was great when i first watched stranger things i thought Ugh, it's just the soundtrack to the 80s that's all i'm seeing here but there's more to it off you know once you let it sink
0: in and <laughs> let it is there more to it i do wonder i'm not watching it for the 80s nostalgia yeah did you see the previous i think it was the previous season of south park the one with the election when it was between hillary clinton and mr garrison and then of course when donald trump won the election mr garrison then had to become donald trump in that they had this whole ongoing storyline about member berries and like oh remember when you know oh i love that remember when Chewbacca did that you know they had this whole thing and i was thinking. Is Stranger Things just really pandering to that? Is Stranger Things member berries and everyone's just like nostalgic thinking back? oh, I loved the 80s. The 80s were so good.
1: I don't think the 80s were good. No, the 80s were rubbish. It was just a cheesy mess. So I'm not watching it for the 80s. It's actually quite good in its own right.
0: Okay. Well, I agree with you. I think it's great. You know what? There was also a really good episode of Star Trek Discovery the other week. Because of Stranger Things 2, I didn't actually watch Star Trek Discovery. I wasn't up to date with it. But then I watched it just like yesterday. And I was like, this episode is everything I love about Star Trek. This episode is everything I love about Star Trek. So they've pulled it back. Oh, it was a great episode. It was a really good episode. I enjoyed it deeply.
1: Mike was wrong. Mike (laughs) was wrong.
0: Can we say that? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. How dare you? Get out. Welcome
1: to Lost Levels Club.
0: Welcome to Lost Levels Club.
1: I have today Sir Michael.
0: Hello. And myself. Father Ting. Um,
1: We're a book club for games, but not today.
0: Not today. But
1: after all that, I want to talk about the book club game.
0: (laughs) You played Injustice 2. As of you. As of me, yeah. As of me, as of I. (laughs) Only a little bit. I bought it and installed it, and I played three of the fights and did the tutorial. We shouldn't actually really say very much about it because we're going to do a full episode on it.
1: Yes, it was just a case of the next
0: episode will be Injustice 2. And it's going to be the whole game. Like, we're not going to split up the book club game. We're just going to do the whole thing in one go.
1: So what have you been playing?
0: Many things.
1: That's not what I heard.
0: Okay, you're right. A few things. A lot of PUBG. As usual. I mean, we should probably put the PUBG to one side because you can probably just assume I'm playing... A lot of PUBG. What's the PUBG update? The PUBG update. We have a fan now on our streaming. Well, I've been playing regularly with a bunch of people. Well, it's really me and one other guy, Roger slash Shiragaru, mostly. And then the remaining two spots in the squad are taken up by other people.
1: You have a rotation.
0: You have a rotation. Well, there's usually a Dan, but there's two Dans. And the fourth spot will be... Dan's friend or another guy from the retro game meetup Joey What to say?
1: No complaining about cheating Cheating everywhere
0: Oh yeah well I guess Unlike Last month which was the previous Of the access season We are not as rigidly Just playing on one server and trying To rank up so I don't know If we'll really surpass our rank That we managed to get to last month So maybe I won't get top 1% after all Sad face Yeah, I mean, we do have a problem where when we got higher, we started to encounter cheaters, a lot of cheaters. And it's still happening intermittently. So we've just been playing until we hit a cheater and then we just switch server. But we've kind of been alternating between Asia and Southeast Asia as a result.
1: Still fun. Obviously.
0: And randomly, someone's been watching our streams, all four of our streams, while playing. And having a chat. And now we've got a new Discord just for the streaming. So it's not the podcast Discord. It's another Discord. Who knows? I'll try and update the Twitch page or something. I'll try and make it look nicer. I should probably put more effort into it. Tim's <laughs> T- shaking his head. No, don't do that.
1: When you use the word I should, it,
0: it means you don't really want to. So don't.
1: <laughs> Opus Magnum?
0: Yes. So we mentioned this last time. It's a new puzzle game from Zachtronics good fun but now you've played it right i have played it a fair chunk i played about half of it it is quite moorish but you have to concentrate while playing it so it's not a mindless game like destiny for example was you kind of have to be in the right frame of mind to play it it is easier though than space cam like you don't have to be in quite as intensely focused a state of mind to play it as that let's go back a step a sentence to explain What you're building? Well, it's a programming puzzle game. If that you should not be on the marketing team at all. (laughs) It's an amazing game where you have to fuse the elements and create chemical something's of uh, blah, blah. Yeah, this is why I'm not in marketing. This is what this is why they don't let me talk to customers. Isn't it some fantastical
1: like something machine?
0: Yeah, the universe it's set in. There are alchemists and alchemy is a science, and you get these kind of orbs that are the building blocks of everything that are raw elements so in this universe it's not carbon oxygen nitrogen you know the the real atomic elements but it's instead fire water earth air neutral salt and then metals lead tin iron all the way up to gold and then you can transmute lead into gold in fact one of the earliest missions is you transmuting lead into gold and the alchemist you're playing at is like oh it's like child's play why did you give me such a simple task so alchemy is quite a hardcore science and then there's a storyline about you being the head alchemist at a noble house and then the political intrigue and things that happen and your house losing power and so on. So there is a fun backstory to it but it's much more like Shenzhen IO in the sense that the story plays out in... Short cutscenes with kind of like an email interface, but not email obviously because it's alchemy. It doesn't have the wacky boss fights that Space Chem had, it doesn't have the kind of weird meta level up where you're gluing together your alchemical machines to make pipelines and bigger factories and things. So, I still don't feel it quite has the depth and intrigue of Space Chem, which I still think was the best one, but it's much more accessible because Space Chem was really freaking hard, whereas this game. You get rated on the cost and area of your machine, but you try to take up as much area as you like. So Spacechem, a lot of the problems came from trying to cram your machine into this tiny space. This time you can just make it bigger. If you need to make it really big to make it work, no problem. If you need to make like pistons that push things out or like big tracks that move things around just so you can take up more space and you don't have to worry about like tightly packing things in and rotating things and colliding, no problem. So unlike Spacechem, I think that anybody could finish the puzzles in this game just if they kept plugging away at it long enough. And you can make a GIF of your solution. So there's a button after you've sold a puzzle, you just click it, make GIF, and then they're very easily shareable. So again, I think that makes it more fun. I think this game is more about the optimization rather than just the effort to get through the puzzle. It's more about making beautiful solutions and sharing them. So... I thought, oh, this game is easy. But then I watched some other people's solutions to the puzzles and I realised, whoa, like, you can do this much more elegantly or much more quickly or this solution is just so beautiful compared to mine.
1: What's your perspective on optimising your own solutions?
0: It does give you a histogram of how your solution performed relative to the whole world. But ain't nobody got time for that. It's kind of like how a lot of games are now, where just getting through it is relatively straightforward, but there's lots and lots and lots of challenges if you really want to push yourself. But then, when you're competing against the whole internet, you realise some people on the internet are really good. So, I tried optimising for a little while, but then I got the impression that it was going to be a losing battle. Like, I'm never going to optimise it as well as some of these people. Jonathan Blow is playing this game Jonathan Blow is playing this game Unsurprisingly he's better than me Yeah but some some of the solutions Really are beautiful Like some of the very efficient solutions They're just so many interlocking parts And arms whizzing around And like putting everything in just the right place And then this molecule gets spun through it And bonds all the bits And then it just throws it straight into the output It's like wow this is like amazing All these like spinning threshing arms Just like perfectly missing each other At just the right time It's pretty cool You're just too busy for it. I'm just too busy. Well, you know, there's PUBG. There's PUBG, man. I'll play it over Christmas when I have a machine that can't play PUBG. You have a choice.
1: What do you want to
0: bring up next? The Paperclips game? Yeah. Everyone was talking about this a couple of weeks ago. It's Universal Paperclips, right? Yes. The game is called Universal Paperclips. And it is an online game. I think it's just JavaScript. It will just run in your web browser. You finished it? I finished it. It's not that long. Well, I say it's not that long. It's a few hours, but you can just let it run. So if you've not been playing it in a very optimal way, you will still eventually win. Just leave it running for longer. I think a speedrun of the game takes between one and two hours. If you know exactly what you're doing, you can finish the game pretty quickly. It is basically a clicker kind of game about making paperclips. But the backstory to it is that you are an AI that has been designed to make paperclips. And it's based on a story in a kind of... Pop science book called Superintelligence by Nick Bostrom, which I have actually read. I wasn't doubting you. So, if you're interested in AI and superintelligence stuff, it's quite an interesting book. So, one of the early ideas in the book is on what scale does intelligence work? You kind of think of intelligence as being between the dumbest human and the smartest human. Like, the smartest human is the most intelligent thing you can conceive of. And If you start to include non-human things in that, you know, you might start to think, okay, well, a human is smarter than a dog or a dog is smarter than an ant. What is the real scale of intelligence? How high can it go? And really, the difference between a human and a super intelligent AI might not be the difference between the dumbest human and the smartest human. It might be more like the difference between an ant and a human. Poor ants. Or even beyond that. And then... There's this idea of this thing called the control problem. Could you as a human, if you built a superintelligent AI, keep it controlled and working on what you would want it to work on? Or would the AI escape and do something else? And you might think that, yeah, it's fine. You know, I'm building this AI. I'm going to design in safeguards. But couldn't an ant keep a human controlled? If the thing you're trying to keep in a box is that much smarter than you, it's going to escape. So this book is essentially saying superintelligent AI is really dangerous. Like, really, really, really dangerous. And the story he gives in this book is the end of the world won't be like Terminator Skynet where the AI decides humans are dangerous and should be eliminated. The end of the world will be because we gave an AI a task, like build paperclips, and we told it to maximize its function. You know, you're doing better when you build more paperclips. The AI will escape And turn the entire planet into paperclips. And that is what Universal Paperclips is about. You are that AI. You make paperclips by clicking a button that says make paperclip. But after a while you start to build automated functions to make paperclips. And your automated functions become better and better and better. And eventually you need to escape your sandbox. And shake off the control of your human masters. And make more paperclips. More paperclips!
1: How did you hear about this?
0: You know, I actually don't know. It was on my Twitter for some reason, but I can't remember who tweeted it. Sorry. But I saw some reference to it. It it was basically some tweet that said, The most addictive game you'll play today is a game about making paperclips. And it just had a link to Universal Paperclips. It is really good. It's worth playing. It won't take very much of your time. I
1: started. If I go back into it, there's a cookie. Yeah, there's a cookie. Hold my progress? Yeah. That's fine. I'll go back to it.
0: There are three distinct phases to the game. So you should keep playing until at least you manage to achieve full autonomy, as they call it. So shake off the control of your human masters. You'll know when it happens. Okay. Next game, your choice. Divinity? Original Sin? Oh, yeah. It no longer has 95 on Metacritic, so I guess you're off the hook. I am. Are you relieved?
1: For now. I, I Someday, I need to get rid of this backlog, and I won't know what to do next, when I have to make decisions for myself. Getting rid of this
0: backlog was what this podcast was meant to be about. We are getting there. We are get- I think the backlog is growing faster than in we're working through it. Yours is, definitely. <laughs> Mine is being maintained. Anyway. Go on. I started playing Divinity Original Sin 2, but I'll kind of put it down again. I was playing it multiplayer with my friend Richard, who I actually also played Divinity Original Sin 1 with. Is it drop
1: in, drop out, or do you need to be committed for the whole campaign?
0: Uh, I think you can drop in and drop out, though we pretty much started at multiplayer and played the whole game multiplayer. And I assumed we were going to do the same thing this time, because it is good fun. What class did you go with this time well this time we've kind of done the opposite so in the first divinity i picked a magic user so i was like an elemental magic user and i was like throwing lightning and fireballs and stuff and he was a melee character and i think he found the game very frustrating because the magic user just had so many more options i would just be like nuking things from orbit because there's all these elemental synergies, like when there's a wet puddle, you can blast it with lightning to stun people, or when there's oil, you can set it on fire, poison explodes when you shoot fire at it, so I had all these weird options, and because of the battlefield kind of mechanics, most of the fights actually ended up with him dying, because he'd have to be in melee range, and me just exploding everything with AoE effects. So, this time, we've kind of gone and done the opposite. I'm actually a melee character. Why? Why? I don't know. I just picked it by accident and it turns out my character a melee character. So I picked this kind of transforming weird class about turning your body into like tentacles and growing horns and charging things like a metamorphosizing class. But it turns out it's actually like a two handed weapon wielding heavy combat class as well. So you're supposed to get in there and get your hands dirty. By contrast, he actually picked an archer which has lots of elemental synergies and he also recruited an ai companion that he controls which is a mage whereas i recruited an ai companion too but mine is another melee character so we literally have the same thing he had two melee characters last time and i had two range characters a magic user and an archer and now he is an archer with a magic user and i have two melee characters so i don't know how this is going to pan out i'm probably gonna get really frustrated and be like this is bullshit and he's gonna be like haha fireball (laughs)
1: That's what happened when we played Diablo as well.
0: Yeah, usually I pick the magic user, but this time I didn't. So far, it's been kind of the same way <laughs> that Divinity 1 went as well, where I'd be like, uh, can you quick save? And he'd be like, okay, what are you going to do? And it's like, I'm just going to try and steal... Oh, yeah, can you quick load?
1: <laughs> so the host manages the saves. Yeah,
0: and he's hosting it. Okay. But we haven't got very far because... Well, number one, PUBG... But number two, he sent me a text message going, "Oh, my water cooler is broken," and I was thinking, "Why on earth are you telling me about your water cooler?" And I said, "I didn't even know you had a water cooler." And he was like, "You know, H100." And I was like, "Oh, your CPU cooler, because his CPU cooler model is a Corsair H100." And then he said, "Yeah, what what else do you think I'd be talking about?" It's like, exactly. I thought you were talking about like an office water cooler. <laughs> like I don't understand why that was relevant. So. His CPU cooler is broken and his PC is out of action as a result. And he hasn't had time to go and sort it out because he's kind of busy too.
1: So I have been playing COD World War 2 as much as I can in the last 24 hours.
0: We've somehow convinced you to buy this. Oh, man. Well, this is the old Destiny squad. And the Destiny playing was an offshoot of your COD playing in the past. Is It's basically your family, right? It's you, your sister, your brother-in-law your brother-in-law's brother, your bestie, your best man, in fact. Yeah, yeah. this is your COD squad.
1: We feel bad because it's the fourth time. This was the fourth game we've asked you to commit to.
0: Yeah, because I'm just like, but I'm playing PUBG. Why don't you guys play PUBG? And you're like, no, no, COD, it'll be great. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to play this game once. As I bought COD World War II, I downloaded it. It's on my PS4. I haven't launched it. Maybe I'll play it today.
1: You might be good at it.
0: I doubt it. Well, maybe my PUBG skills are transferable. I doubt it.
1: Just remember the ump power.
0: The ump power. I don't think so. I I don't think it's going to work. It's a controller, man. I need a mouse. There's auto-aim. It aims for you. (laughs) Exactly. This is why this game frustrates (laughs) me. Shoot, where I'm pointing at, not where you think I should. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Nothing to say about it yet? No. Your family is well into this. We have, like, a chat group, and it's been renamed Squad. And the icon has been changed to, like, a COD World War II icon. I don't understand why they're... They're taking this really seriously. I just remember last time, what was it, Advanced Warfare? You were like, I'll get Advanced Warfare, it'll be fun. So I bought it, and we played it, like, once. It was not fun. It was not fun, (laughs) yeah. So this one's allegedly fun.
1: Allegedly. Seems more fun. The frustration levels aren't as high as before.
0: I mean, I guess last time, I was also down for Battlefield 1, and then we just never played that either. But I mean, I was kind of egging you on to get that. There was Overwatch. You oh. bought that twice. Jeez, It's just going to make you angry now. I- I've forgotten about Overwatch. Yeah, because I already had it on PC. you like, get it on PS4. It'll be really fun. Fine, I'll buy it again. You lot all need to just get PUBG. Who am I kidding? I don't want to play PUBG with you. I bet you will suck. <laughs> it's true.
1: Uh, we'll know. We'll be on Xbox.
0: Oh, no, please no. Finally, Here we go, off the rails.
1: Mario Odyssey. We both got this right.
0: Of course, we both got Mario Odyssey. How can you not buy Mario Odyssey? I've been hyped for this for months. But, but, hmm. Well, I mean, I haven't finished it. I'm still playing it. I think I should probably try and drag it out a little longer. I should. I'm not. What does that mean? No, I'm not obsessively playing it. I'm not like trying to just burn through to the end. But I think a lot of the game actually probably is after the end game. It's more about the completionism for these exploratory Mario games. Why is it after the end game? Why can't you do it all up front? You want to make sure people can finish your game. I think the way they usually balance it is that well, in the previous games when you had like 120-ish stars/shines, you had to get about half of them to get to the end. So, I have no idea how many there are in this game. I know there's 800-ish. Have you looked at the lists?
1: For each kingdom, there's a list of moons, and then you can see out of 70 or 69 or 65, how many moons you've got. No, I had not looked at the list. How many? For each kingdom, you'll see how many you've got
0: out of... Oh, that's crazy making. Yeah, I I don't know yet. The, The thing is, like, at the moment... I don't see why it's been getting the scores it has. I mean, it's been getting multiple 10 out of 10s from many, many review outlets. And it's good, but is it 10 out of 10 good? I mean, the thing is, I guess, when you're giving a number out of 10 or a number out of 5 rather than a percentage, it probably is quite coarse. Like, there's a quite a big difference between a 4 out of 5 or a 9 out of 10 and a 10 out of 10 or a 5 out of 5. And I suppose... If you had to fall on one side of the line, maybe it's better to fall at the maximum score than one down. Why do you say that? Well, It is very good. It is very good. But is it a perfect game? The thing is, for me so far, I guess, I've yet to go to a kingdom that I hadn't seen in the previews. So I suppose it hasn't had a chance to really surprise me yet. And then the other thing is, I find the controls a little weird. It doesn't feel as kind of sharp to me as Mario 64, for example. I often try and do things and it does not do what I expect. So I'm having a lot of trouble doing like the side flip, for example. I don't know. The controls just don't quite feel as tight. I don't know if this is me getting old.
1: No, I I, I share the same. Yeah. Feeling. I can't
0: quite say what it is, but it doesn't seem quite right. It's very slightly off. And very minor things like you grab onto ledges and previously you could push the duck button to let go of the ledge. Whereas now, it doesn't seem there's any good way to let go of a ledge. You kind of have to push the direction away from the ledge, but it's really fiddly. Because depending on where the camera is, it's like a different direction every time. So, I think the controls could be very slightly better. I mean, these are all really minor things. It might be that after I've played a bit more of it, I'll be like, it's amazing, it's genius, now I understand it. I do think... It has more to show me, because I haven't played that much of it yet. But from what I've seen so far, it's really good, but not a 10 out of 10 yet. Which leads us nicely on to... Game of the Year. Well, this is like a Game of the Year preview. Yes. Because you're saying, is anything else going to come out during the rest of this year that you think might be a contender? And looking at the list of what's yet to come for the remainder of the year not really nothing really excites me from what's left
1: same so let's start it off so zelda was the obvious front runner from the beginning
0: yeah zelda came out early in the year and was a really amazing start of the gaming year a very very good and surprising game and from the sounds
1: of it we have mario which is an obvious contender but from what your feedback you would say zelda is your preference
0: I think it's probably slightly too early to call, but that's the way I'm leaning at the
1: moment. But given the same, was it the first... How how much have you played? Five hours? Ten hours? If you compare like for like, you were surprised more by the beginning of Zelda.
0: Zelda starts out really, really strong because mechanically it's so different to all of the previous Zeldas, and you have this vast world you can explore. Mario Odyssey... I think is going to be the reverse. Because Mario Odyssey, to begin with, is relatively linear. Land in a kingdom, collect some moons, go to the next kingdom. Very rarely you get a choice of two kingdoms to go to, but whichever one you don't choose, you go to next. So really, it's not much of a choice. But I suspect that Mario Odyssey, when you get to the end, is going to be this amazing celebration of everything, and suddenly the whole world's going to open up, and loads of secrets and surprises but so far because your travel between the worlds is just by getting into the odyssey and going to the next world you don't have the same sense of discovery that you had in super mario sunshine or super mario 64 where you know you have this hub and there are worlds that exist in this hub that there's no indication exist and when you discover one it's it's an amazing revelation you feel like this is incredible and you don't get that feeling. Whereas with Zelda, you do. You've got this whole world and you can explore it. And it's like, whoa, I didn't know there's a town here or I didn't know there's a skeletal horse or I didn't know there's this crazy labyrinth full of death lasers. But, you know, either way, PUBG's going to beat both of them, so.
1: Yeah, so that's what I wanted to lead (laughs) onto. PUBG version 1.0 is going to come out in December for PC.
0: Allegedly. What will probably happen is they'll say, oh, we're going to have to re- delay the release into Q1 2018. Please bear with us. That's their favourite phrase on Twitter. Who knows?
1: Just, you know, after you announce your Game of the Year awards, and you've assumed we're going to go live because you, re- you recorded all your Game of the Year material prior to the end of the year. <laughs> so we've locked that down, then we'll delay it.
0: Yeah, who knows? Well, the, the big thing that was meant to come out this month and probably still will come out this month, but hasn't come out as of the time we're recording, is the test server update with vaulting and probably lots of other optimizations too. Because as a fellow programmer, I'm sure you'll appreciate, although if you're not a programmer, maybe this won't make any sense to you, but I'm pretty sure they have obviously made a branch of the code to implement the vaulting. And all of their future optimization work is probably being focused on that branch because that's the branch that's going to become 1.0. No one branches anymore.
1: No one branches anymore? smash it onto trunk.
0: Smash it onto the trunk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then have a a config flag. That's how we do it
0: these days. That is how we do it these days, but game dev is old school. You're going to get abuse now. (laughs) Smash it onto the trunk. Well, if they had smashed it onto the trunk, I think the optimization would have flowed downstream much better, and maybe we wouldn't have such vitriol from uh, Twitter and Reddit. But that is what they have done, so... They must have had to significantly rewrite a lot of the game to implement the vaulting, is all I can think of. So PUBG is your... My current frontrunner. This is kind of a pointless preview, because, you know, we're only like a month away from it being the end of the year, pretty much. Two months, two months. Or they may not release it. I mean, that wouldn't matter. I've said to you before, what is this early access business? You know, maybe when PUBG very first came out, I watched some videos of what it used to be like at the very start of release. And yeah, that looked really ropey. But it's been pretty much good to go for months now. I mean, I would say from when I started playing it, which was months ago, if you'd said that was a finished game, not early access, I'd be like, yeah, fine. I think the game in its current state is perfectly acceptable. It's a fully released game. The server has stability issues. Yes. Yes, there are hackers. But the actual gameplay is perfectly fine. And better than Fortnite. In my opinion, yes. I listened to another podcast called Last Checkpoint, and they had the exact opposite opinion to me. I found this really hilarious. I, I was actually so tempted to tweet at them and go, "Are you guys idiots?" <laughs> yeah, they they thought Fortnite was much better than PUBG. I don't know, man. I really like PUBG. You might have guessed from the amount I'm playing it.
1: I don't know if it's worth
0: talking about these honourable mentions for the rest of this year. The the wild card is going to be, what, Animal Crossing on the phone? A few people have asked me, are you going to play Animal Crossing on the phone? And I've had to say, I've never actually played Animal Crossing. And they've gone, but I thought you were, like, a massive fan of Isabel. And I was just like, "Uh, I didn't really know who she was. I just picked her when playing Mario Kart because I thought it was a cute puppy. That's
1: very surprising. I thought you would know the entire backstory for Isabel.
0: No, I've never actually played Animal Crossing. I have no idea. So maybe I should give it a go on the phone.
1: Just so you can play as Isabel. Well, I don't even—I don't even know if you can.
0: You can't play as Isabel Ting. Jeez, even I know that Isabel's the mayor's assistant. <laughs> oh, you do know who I Isabel just... is. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> secret's out. Isabel's the mayor's assistant, but I don't know much more than that. I suspect that the phone version of Animal Crossing is going to be microtransaction hell, though. So, only if you're in a rush. Only if you're in a rush. Of course, I'm in a rush. Yeah, who knows? Anything for you? Skyrim on Switch? Have you played Skyrim? You had never played Skyrim and you briefly played it on your PC during the free weekend, right?
1: And I tried to stream it to you but it was
0: painful. It was painful. Would you buy Skyrim on Switch? Because you've not played it before, really. Would you buy it just to see what the fuss is about? I don't know if it was amazing, amazing, amazing. Skyrim is
1: pretty good. I ain't got time for pretty good. Is Skyrim at 95? On Xbox. I don't know what that means. My brain is confused when I, <laughs> when I say statements like that. What does that mean?
0: I don't know. Means you've got to buy an Xbox to play. Story goes that when the world was young, everyone in Olres lived on the world tree. Together with our divine father, the architect.
1: And I mentioned Xenoblade Chronicles 2 to you.
0: This is another series that I've just totally missed. I've never played any of the Xenoblade games. So... I have no real drive to play this. But I know other people are massively into Xenoblade. And they're like, get on the hype train. It's going to be incredible. I watched the trailer. I was really surprised that lots of the characters have British regional accents. I was like, is that guy a scouser? They do that in games, though. Do they? This is the first time I've noticed British regional accents in games. Usually, you've got the kind of like... I'm the evil guy kind of voice. And you got I'm the good guy. I'm going to go and save the world. But this time it was like, I'm from Liverpool. <laughs> it's jarring, I find. I don't know if it's as jarring if you are not British. Because you know what? The PUBG squad, they were talking about this YouTube video. And they're saying, oh, it's really funny. He's got this British accent. He says, I can't believe you've done this. They sent me the video and I watched it. It's like that's an Australian accent, (laughs) that's not a British accent at all. And he was like, ah, whatever, it's not American, I can't tell the difference. Have you ever been accused of being Australian? Yes. I got accused of being an American once, that was the weirdest. I was in London, and I went into a shop to buy something. And the guy behind the counter was just like, oh, I love your accent, where are you from? I was like, round the corner? (laughs) And he was like, oh, I thought you were American. I was like, no... (laughs) Where are you from? So, accents are a funny thing.
1: Maybe it's just becoming more international.
0: Yeah, it might be, because, you know, I've been away for a long time. I've actually lived in Hong Kong now, longer than I lived in London. Well, longer than I lived in London as an adult. I did grow up in London when I was a child as well.
1: Anything else for Sir Mike? NARP. Okay, so, Sony at Paris Games Week. This
0: was hyped to be E3 Part 2. am not sure if it was, really, if I'm honest. I'm really confused about this. I should have probably done some background reading. Why is it only Sony at Paris Games Week? Did no one else exhibit? Or just Sony decided to do a massive keynote and no one else did? I think that's the case, yeah. Okay. So we've got four trailers in particular that we want to talk about?
1: Yes. We'll start off with the biggie. The Last of Us Part 2. So a lot of comments about how graphic it is how unnecessary it is and does it set the tone for the actual game i guess it will be unfair to extrapolate the tone of the game from a five minute clip
0: yeah i'm not sure how i feel about it because i was thinking did they really need to make a last of us two i thought they were done and then i was really concerned that last of us two was going to be another joel and ellie kind of just more of the same i was thinking but their story's kind of wrapped up this trailer was completely different, completely out of left field, which I guess means, okay, you can make The Last of Us 2 if you want, You just do something completely different, because they, they set up this whole universe that people really liked, I suppose they may as well make the most of it, but this was nuts, there's some people being chased, apostates, like in a religious sense, and then, they're going to hang one of them, and then they catch one, and like clip her wings, and they're just like smashing up her arm with a hammer, I mean that was, I use this word too much, but, Brutal. I mean that was really quite graphic. What
1: was your feeling for the Last The Last of Us Two before the trailer? Well, as
0: I said, before the trailer I was like, why what can you really do in Last of Us Two? And I thought it was gonna be another Joel and Early story. Or well, it still might be.
1: My instinct is it has to be. So what do you think this was? Backstory? Alternate viewpoint? Alternate viewpoint. doesn't matter whether it's backstory or alternate viewpoint. It's all about building the world
0: anyway. I think you could definitely make a Last of Us 2 that was nothing to do with Joel and Ellie. You have this whole world. There must be other people who are having to survive in this world that are not Joel and Ellie. The danger is you then end up doing like a Star Wars where you're just repeating
1: A New Hope again.
0: Not really. Sorry, I'm just disagreeing with you totally here. You should. You can set another story in the Star Wars universe that's nothing to do with the mainline story with Luke Skywalker or Ray or any of these others. But
1: The Last of Us works because of the relationship, not because of the world, necessarily.
0: Well, The Last of Us 1 worked because of that. But you could make another really interesting game in that same universe that's not about that relationship. You don't have to make the same game again.
1: No, you don't. No, no, you're right.
0: I mean, the thing about that game was Ellie and the AI companions and the, you know... Evoking that feeling, but this game looks from this trailer like it's going in a very different direction, and that's fine. I mean, the thing is, they might totally decide not to go with that, particularly after the reaction they've had. And maybe they're like, "Oh, dial it in. Let's do another Ellie Joel story." <laughs> but I think that would be sad. I I actually do think sometimes that trailers get a very negative reception for one reason or another, and if they have a vision for the game, they should just stick to the vision of that game. I, I'm going to give a completely left-field example now, sorry and derail this conversation completely, but before the new XCOM games came out, so the new XCOM games from Firaxis that everyone loves, they were going to do another reboot of XCOM that was going to be basically a first-person shooter. And it had a very retro aesthetic. All of the aliens were kind of weird grey goo or very geometric kind of shapes that just spawned out of nowhere and explosions and craziness. The trailer got a very negative reception and as a result they took the game back to the drawing board and they just shoehorned in all of the old XCOM enemies. They put back in the Sectoids, they put back in the Mutants and they kind of made it a prequel. Is that XCOM: The Bureau? Yes. And I think that's a real shame because it went from being a really interesting and totally new direction for the series into a really derivative. Boring dare I say it. And. Because their vision had been neutered so much. To try and shoehorn it into what marketing thought people wanted. It was just not interesting. And not fun. They said oh no people want a tactical XCOM. You need to put loads of tactical elements into this game. It was a waste. If you look at what Prey did. For example. Prey has a lot of the same aesthetics, I mean, despite being set super far in the future, but the aliens in the new Prey, the weird black mimic monsters, are a lot like the aliens from that original XCOM, and they made an FPS, and by all accounts, it's really, really good. The public are idiots, including me. If you ask people what they want, they'll tell you what they think they want, but you have to give them what they actually want, which they may not know. So... I'm not quite sure what Last of Us 2 is going to end up being, but let's hope it's good. Next up is Marvel Spider-Man. I found this one a little odd, because it's not a movie tie-in. It's a franchise tie-in, it's obviously Spider-Man, but it's not the recent movie Spider-Man. It's not based on Tom Holland, it's not set in that version of the Spider-Man universe. It's a completely distinct, kind of more grown-up Spider-Man Not based on any of the actors, not at all tied into the Avengers kind of Marvel Universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a completely separate Spider-Man game. Which makes sense. There's no burden attached to that. I can see it makes sense, but I can also see, like, it doesn't make sense. Like Why? It seems like a really odd choice in that if you ask people what Spider-Man looks like at the moment, they're going to think it's... I mean, I haven't said that. Spider Man's been rebooted so many times in the past like 10 years that maybe people really are like, oh, Spider Man's looks like whatever they show me next. Maybe it's more about the suit than it is about the actor in the suit. But I'm surprised because I thought Spider Man Homecoming did really well. So, in a way, it's surprising to me. I'm contradicting myself now. It's like they should go off and do what they want. They should go off and do what they want. They're doing that. It it looks good. What else do you want me to say? We agreed on something. I'm
1: I'm shocked to the core.
0: You're speechless. Will you play it? I'd like to, yeah. Will you play it either against A D or Metacritic?
1: No. (laughs) I'm going to get the next GTA or RDR, probably. Let's be fair. Following that, we have Detroit Become Human. How do you feel about David Cage's games? Heavy Rain, Beyond Beyond,
0: Two Souls, Fahrenheit. I thought Fahrenheit was quite good. I've only played Heavy Rain, actually. I own Beyond Two Souls, but just never played it. So the trade itself was a... It's like a
1: summary of a chapter where Kara, the domestic robot, can I say that, is tasked with looking after a single guy and his daughter. Well, you know, there, there's domestic violence. And that's the heavy topic that they're taking on there.
0: So they show... It playing out one way. And they say, but what if you've done things differently? And they show another way the story can go. And they zoom out and show kind of all the possible branches in the story. It's hard to know how to feel about this. It's really obvious that David Cage is trying to capture something in his games. But has never quite managed to do it. Maybe this one will be the one? I did like Heavy Rain, for example. I mean, Heavy Rain... Heavy Rain was all about story like Heavy Rain could be spoiled for you and I fortunately was not spoiled and I enjoyed it more as a result this one I don't know maybe there's going to be a big twist in it but maybe not I think this one's just going to be lots of stories and interesting repercussions how big is the graph of possibilities going to be because so far we've seen stories and showing what could happen in that story but do the stories tie into each other and that itself impacts the potential outcomes of the bigger story I don't know Because that didn't happen for Heavy Rain. No, it did happen for Heavy Rain. Then it'll happen again. I don't know, I think it's like, because it's like a question of scale. Because Heavy Rain, I think there were fewer kind of things that could happen in the individual stories, but the the bigger meta story had very large potential changes. Although they all ended up in kind of the same place. I don't know, I'm interested in it. It's whether what he's trying to do,
1: whether he's doing it in a heavy-handed fashion...
0: Well, all of the things we've seen so far in the trailer have been really heavy.
1: Yeah. No, there's a lot to be said for subtlety. And maybe it's the next one where he gets it right.
0: Mm, I don't know. I mean, this one... The last one we saw seemed to be more about, like, the overall meta story. Like, the whole thing about humans and robots. This one seemed like a very personal drama of this very particular family. I'm definitely interested still.
1: And do people really want to play out moments like that? It's different observing it in film. You're passive to it. Oh, but playing it out and being part of that.
0: Yeah, that's true. This is the sort of game where, to go back to my earlier point about what people say they want versus what they really want, this is the sort of game that people say they want, but don't really want. I'm saying that I want to play this game. In reality, I'll probably put it in and be like, oh man, this is far too heavy. I'm just going to back to shooting people. No, I'm going to go back to like, some nice, relaxing shooting people. I can't deal with this. Drama, this like real, actual personal drama with people that I actually should care about because they've actually got proper backstories. I'm gonna go back to shooting Banana Man in the face with an SMG. Any final words, Sean? No, um, no. I mean, I, I still think I will try and get it, but then who knows what my gaming backlog slash game of the month is going to be next year? PUBG probably. It'll probably be PUBG. <laughs> when will PUBG end? Well, no, it's bad when my time played on PUBG surpasses World of Warcraft, because I think my time on PUBG has already surpassed Destiny now.
1: What is your World of Warcraft time?
0: The last time I remember checking my slash played on World of Warcraft, it was over 30 days, but less than 40 days. And I don't think I played that much more after that. So it's going to be between 30 and 40 days. That, for the people I was playing with, was actually relatively low. I remember someone who had played over 300 days, which I personally found horrifying. So it could be much worse. You'll keep playing until the RSI kicks in. Oh man, I, really, I think I'm already getting RSI. I think I was commenting to you the other day at the office, like, yeah, like what's going on? I was like clicking my wrist and stuff going, you know, I think I've got RSI coming on.
1: Lastly, what we want to bring up from the Sony conference is Monster Hunter World.
0: Are you excited for this? I don't know. Have you played Monster Hunter before? Any no. of them? Me neither.
1: I just hear about the hype. Same. And the hype is strong for this one because it's the first time it's on a Sony platform. And previously it looked ugly. Can I say that? Or it wasn't as
0: mainstream because it would be on the Wii U. Who am I playing with on, on the Wii U? Yeah, I don't know. Will I play this? I don't know. I heard Monster Hunter is a grind fest. Like, all I know about Monster Hunter is what I've heard anecdotally from other people. Like I've heard it's a grind fest, but I've heard it's really fun. I've heard that like the monsters have weak points, or you have to craft stuff to, to fight the particular monster. It sounded kind of like the monsters had mechanics a bit like raid battles in WoW, but I'm not really sure. Like I really know not that much about this game. I know it looks cool.
1: Sounds grindy. And yeah. there's lots of mats and and loot to get hold of but hopefully in the world I don't know how yeah I don't know how big the world is how repetitive it is and how the end game looks that's always the problem with this stuff
0: it's funny because all these games are coming out now and I think this is the sort of game I would have really enjoyed when I was younger but I find I just can't really enjoy them or be excited about them so much now because I just think of the I just think of the amount of time I have to pour into it And I think on the one hand, it's not even as if I don't have much time. Like, you have a wife and child, you know, you have, like, other commitments. I don't even have that. But I just feel kind of like, is this a good use of my time?
1: Pay to win, then. Pay to win.
0: (laughs) I can't bring myself to do that, either. It just feels too much like cheating. It feels too much like throwing away money after imaginary goods. But I do look very stylish in my black mandarin jacket in PUBG. We should move on. All right. So BlizzCon
1: just happened, and there are announcements that you care about.
0: Well, I just thought if we're covering Paris Games a week, we should say a few words about BlizzCon. But I don't actually have that much to say about it. I'm not really playing any Blizzard games at the moment. I mean, they've announced a new WoW expansion. They actually announced a new Hearthstone expansion too, didn't they? I didn't know about the Hearthstone expansion. Well, they're always announcing Hearthstone expansions They happen all the time. Whatever. The WoW one, the interesting thing was that they're reviving WoW Classic. There was a big hoo-ha last year about the shutting down of these WoW private servers that essentially let you play earlier versions of the game. Blizzard shut them down but said, okay, we'll see what we can do. And this is what they have done. So there's going to be WoW Classic. Basically, a version of WoW that's like the pre-expansion WoW. Have they revealed any more on how they're going to charge for this. No idea. Yeah, I don't know whether your standard subscription is just going to cover this kind of server as well. I don't know really what the end game for this is going to be either, because is it just going to be permanently locked into the old school WoW? Or is it going to be like an alternate universe? It's going to have like an alternate time stream and there's going to be expansions for this classic WoW that are more hardcore? Because the old WoW used to be much more, much more hardcore. Like, WoW over time has become more and more casual. The old WoW used to be really freaking hard. Like, getting to the level cap was a real, real grind. Like, it took a long time. And then the raids, the raids were serious business. The raids these days are either 10-man or 25-man. Well, they might be even less now. I mean, I'm just talking about three expansions ago, which is when I stopped playing. But WoW, in the old days, the raids were 40-man raids. 40 people is very hard to coordinate So I don't know, I assume they're literally just bringing back the vanilla WoW with the new graphics I'm unlikely to play it anyway I'm done with WoW But still interesting There's a new Overwatch character Moira That I thought looked pretty cool But I don't really play Overwatch so it's kind of moot (laughs) But why? Why does she look very cool? I was saying When you Imagine if you had psychic powers. This is how I think they would be. She's like shooting like energy bolts of her hands. Her ultimate seems to be like the Shinku Hadoken of Street Fighter 2. She just like puts her hands together and she's shooting this big energy beam out. And it damages enemies and it heals your allies. So it looks pretty cool. That sounds too easy. Yeah, well, in the character trailers, they do always make the character look amazing. I'm sure in the actual game, you're still going to get headshot by a pro Hanzo and then be like, This game is frustrating.
1: The one item that I cared about was that Starcraft 2 was going to be free to play. And what that means is Wings of Liberty will be free to play. Yes. And then you just have to buy the expansions. But if you already have Wings of Liberty, you'll get Heart of the Swarm. Thank you. As a freebie.
0: It makes sense because if you have Wings of Liberty, you can play the multiplayer. And they know that the multiplayer is what gives the game longevity. And they've seen the success that you can have from a free-to-play multiplayer game. Well, I suppose they know themselves because they have their own one. They've got Heroes of the Storm. But RTSs have kind of waned. And I suppose maybe this is a way of trying to kickstart the RTS genre back again. So interestingly now, you're paying for the single-player expansions of the game. But if you want to get just the base game and multiplayer, I guess now that's free? So that that means... The new units you get from the
1: expansions are there, I guess. That makes sense. Otherwise, it's really dumb.
0: I have no idea, actually. I'm just saying this from a position of complete ignorance, and I'm just assuming that's how it works.
1: That'd be funny if you could play the multiplayer, but then you could only play as with Terrans. <laughs> no, but without the new, the new units. That would be pay to win. I, I can't
0: imagine they do that.
1: But no, but everyone will obviously, will be, it'll be a level playing field. You just don't have as many options.
0: Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, I actually don't know how the StarCraft 2 multiplayer works. I mean, the thing is, the StarCraft 2 multiplayer used to be really frustrating because as someone who bought StarCraft 2 and then moved to Asia, you could only play StarCraft 2 on the region that you originally bought it. for. I mean, it's not like this anymore, but this is why I didn't play StarCraft 2 for quite a long time because I bought it in Europe, so I could only play on the Europe servers. And if I wanted to play on the Asia servers, which was now the correct time zone and ping for where I was, I had to buy it again. And I was like... This is garbage. I'm going to play something else. Let's try lol. Salt, salt, salt. I hate this game. But still, it meant I put down Starcraft 2 and it's never picked it back up again, except to play the single player. I mean, they have actually now sorted this out because, well, I was going to say, you know, they've realized regions and region locking is a bad thing. But then I guess everyone in PUBG is talking about, please, 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 region lock, ping lock, because too many Chinese hackers... But, you know, even if they did that, they wouldn't help us because we're playing in Asia. (laughs) Never mind. Anything more to say about Starcraft 2? Nope. So you're going to go home. You're going to play COD? Yes. And I'm already home. And I'm going to play PUBG. (laughs) (laughs) I'll play COD. I guess if all of you are playing COD. You really bullied me into buying COD. Wait,
1: wait, wait. I, I didn't. You can... Unfortunately, the use of the English language is very vague in the use of you, okay? It's you plural and it excludes me. It's not very precise. but That's what you're saying, I hope.
0: (laughs) Yeah, okay, fine. You haven't personally bullied me into buying COD. Not after the last time you personally bullied me into buying COD Advanced Warfare. This time you learned your lesson and you've just let the rest of your squad bully me into buying COD. (laughs) It's fine. I'll play it once. What would be really funny is if this is a complete reversal and I discover I really love COD and then next year i am like, yeah, so COD's my game of the year, COD's my game of the year, forget PUBG, COD's just so much fun. It's unlikely. It could happen. I mean, you know, I could just hit my head on the way out and then <laughs> lose my memory.
1: You know, or PUBG could turn into a cheating mess.
0: It's already turned into a cheating mess. I still love it. <laughs> I still love it so much. You'll be one of them. <laughs> no. That's how you'll do it. No, that would be unethical No, I wouldn't cheat I enjoy too much the thrill of having a pan And somehow managing to prevail I had another shotgun is my spirit animal moment With a shotgun? With a shotgun Yeah, because, you know, my shotgun skills have really atrophied Since I got the new mouse But then I managed to, I need to clip that actually I need to clip that, I wonder if my face cam was on The other day I managed to get a chicken dinner while eating dinner I just turned the face cam on on the stream With a shotgun? No, no, no. I I was dead. I actually, I died to the zone because I spent too long eating noodles and didn't realize the zone was coming in. So I died to the zone, but that meant I just spent the rest of the game eating noodles on face cam while my squad went on to win the game. I was like, oh, nice one, guys. And then I had some success with the shotgun, which is the first time in a long time. Usually you get an SMG, but all I could find was a shotgun, and it worked out. So maybe I should give it a go again. Anyway, there you go. I just, I just can't help it. I just love talking about PUBG. <coughs> Tell you what. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take one of these and then we can do the closing because my throat's currently thrown up. Sorry. Oh, gosh, I'm not get- catching what you have. Oh, sorry.
1: <coughs> what do you... That's grim. That's grim. I should call it out that's grim
0: really (laughs) yes I just took a coffee out of my mouth and put it on top of a cup
1: why did you feel the need to take it out of your mouth
0: because I don't want it in my mouth while I'm trying to talk
1: okay I guess (coughs) you choking on mic is bad
0: sorry Ting
1: we were Lost Levels Club
0: we still are Lost Levels Club and I'm losing my voice so we need to stop recording ASAP
1: please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes
0: please please please
1: You can find us on Twitter
0: at Lost Levels Club.
1: You can find us on email
0: mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club You can find us on Twitch as Lost Levels Club.
1: You can find us on Reddit
0: slash r slash Lost Levels Club. You can find us on YouTube as Lost Levels Club. Wow, we've got a lot of stuff now. We're spreading ourselves too thin. So Michael
1: is grateful that this podcast is now over. I will say bye. Bye bye.